Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. There's an old proverb that says a community flourishes when people are prepared to sit, prepared to plant trees in whose shade they may never sit. The Greeks try and claim it as their own. But it was in 1866, there was a French theologian by the name of Hysin Lawson who preached what was at the time a controversial message around this very proverb. And it was controversial because at the time, he said that his whole attitude in helping others was changed by the understanding that the meaning of sacrifice is giving without expecting to receive. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you and hello to my family online. At Christmas time, all of our family are interstate. We absolutely, no questions, don't tell them that this happens. We buy extra luggage going across to Melbourne knowing that we're going to come back with more gifts than we give. Just saying. It's just the way you do it. We give gift vouchers because they're light and easy to be able to give out, and we expect to fill our bags coming back because you give to, to, to receive, right? The whole understanding of sacrifice is giving without expecting to receive. Our vision is to reach people who are on a journey of faith and to build strong followers of Christ. If you want to break it down into simplistic terms, it is not revolutionary. It is not this cryptic play on words, but it is a response on the calling that has been placed on both the church and individuals to go into all the world and, and to, with the good news, making disciples of all nations. That's what it is. And I'm so grateful over the last 26 years that the acceptance of this vision has allowed people the freedom to plant seeds that are now flourishing ministries of C3 Hobart, that are now services happening days of the week in different locations in our state where tens of thousands of people over these last period of time have experienced the love, the grace, the freedom that only comes from a personal relationship with Jesus. A few years ago, I challenged our leadership team to articulate what is our written vision and put it into practical terms. And what they came up with was a series of pillars that Stuart's talked about. And on the first week, Kira talked about empowering people, and that was our investment into our teams, our young adults, giving out a thousand Bibles. That is our aim, is to give out a thousand Bibles to people. Last week, Alicia shared a great message on serving others, and we heard about our But to Serve program, our C3 Cares, our Kamara's Heart, Compassion, IJM, just to name a few of them. And before we get the privilege to sow more seeds today, I want to spend a few moments around our third pillar, which is based on our willingness to take ground. I'm going to get you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 4. But before we do that, I want you to just take a look at the screens because I think that this short clip gives a beautiful summation to what I'm about to share. Thanks, guys. This way, friends. 
I'm sorry, but the map shows that Jezreel is two miles southeast of here and is met by a road east of the Jordan. We need to adjust our course 30 degrees We're to... not going to the Jordan. We're going through Samaria. Are you telling a joke? There's a place that I want to stop. Plus, it makes our journey shorter by almost half. And our odds of violent attack more likely by double. <laughs> Is that an exact figure? Forgive me, teacher, but it's safer to go around Samaria by way of the Jordan than at the Capolis. Would you join me for safety reasons? But, Rabbi, you're Samaritans. Good observation, Big James. What's your point? Rabbi, these were the people that profaned our temple with the dead bones. They, they hated they us. Fought they fought against us with the Seleucids in the Maccabean Wars. Even spoken to a Samaritan. And we destroyed their temple a hundred years ago. And none of you here were present for any of these things. You know, in the eyes of the Jews, the Samaritans had betrayed their ancestors generations beforehand. They had ridiculed their nation. And they were still carrying it like it was this badge of honor. And can I tell you, it was stopping them from taking ground. The shortest journey from Judea to Galilee would be to travel through this place called Samaria. Yet the Jews refused to even entertain that this was a way that they could go because they wanted no association with the Samaritans. And we can scoff at this, but how often do we go out of our way to avoid someone or someones because they're hard work? In 2017, Morella and I felt a call to set up a location in the Huon Valley, as we've heard about. And it's not that we dislike the people and we tried to avoid them, but in all reality, we'd heard rumours that to do church in the valley was tough. And we were pretty comfortable here in South Hobart. In fact, to go to the Huon Valley every Sunday is geographically well out of the way. But what resonated to us was that Jesus looked beyond what was comfortable in order to meet people where they were at. John chapter 4, verse 3, it says this, He, Jesus, left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. The disciples did not even contemplate going through Samaria, yet Jesus needed to go there. Why did he need to go there? Yes, it was a hot day. Yes, it was the middle of the day. Yes, it was a long journey and maybe he knew there was a well there. But Jesus didn't need to go to the well because he was thirsty. Jesus needed to go to the well because he knew that he was going to meet someone. He was going to break down cultures. He was going to break down offense. He was going to break down religion. And he was going to meet someone and he was going to take ground at the well. Personally, as Morella and I have sought God in the direction that we felt he was leading us for this next season, we felt so strongly that God was challenging us to stop trying to find detours and excuses of why we can't meet with someone, why we're too busy, why we can't get there, and instead have a can-do attitude that says we need to, to go there. 
Verse 5 continues on and says this, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour or midday in the heat of the day. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket. How often do we try and look at the practical? I don't have time. I can't fit it in with my schedule. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? In this scripture, I see Jesus sitting there beside a well. Asking for a drink of water. But in his heart, challenging a woman. Who was shunned from her own community. She was there in the middle of the day because the common practice was for them to travel in the start of the day, in the cool of the day, to be able to, to get the water from the well. But she traveled alone, she traveled isolated because she was shunned from her community, because even inside her own community, she was seen as broken. She was seen as somebody who just had got it wrong. She was seen as somebody who couldn't be reached, even by those in her own community. Yet Jesus said, I needed to go there. I needed to go to the well. I want to read a letter that I received a few weeks back. I'm going to try and read this letter without getting emotional. John brought me in the letter and it was handwritten. And in the top corner it said, From Her Majesty's Prison, Risden. It said to Pastor Sean, Hi there. I hope that you remember me. You baptised me last year at C3. Sadly, I've ended up back in prison and I've not been doing well mentally and God put it on my heart to write and seek counsel from his shepherd I'm okay with being back here in prison as that I feel that not only is it part of a bigger plan for my life but he's trying to show me that some outside influences need to be got rid of. It's been almost two months. Life was going really well on the outside. And then I broke my hand. And I instantly fell back into the thought 
that I'm no good, that I'm a broken person, that I don't fit in society. I allowed the depression to take hold and I went and committed a robbery, sat on the footpath outside and waited for the police to come and get me and take me back to prison and be back where I thought I belonged. Since being back, I, I realised that it's not what I needed in my life and I've turned back to my faith. I was lost. I felt I needed prison. Yet what I needed was the church. What I needed was Jesus. The devil loves nothing more than for you to return to that place of brokenness. Place where you feel like that's the only place you can fit in. As I read this letter again and again and again, I felt both a sense of despair as I visualized seeing this man sitting on the footpath just waiting because he felt he needed to be back in prison because he'd run out of hope. And what welled up inside of me was a righteous anger and a determination to ensure that as a church, we are doing everything we can to remove stigma, religion, cultural challenges in order that when people are searching for hope, the first place they look is the church because there they're going to find Jesus. In a few moments, we're going to take time as a church body to sow seeds in order that we can empower more people, in, in order that our reach to serve others is so much bigger, in order that we can take ground, not just in the main street of the Huon Valley, but in people's hearts and in their minds, that we take ground in a man who is sitting on the sidewalk, knowing that home is where his people are. fairly simple process that we'll do is that we're just going to place some baskets on the front and with your pledge card and your families because your children have just come in through the back door because this is something that's so important they're going to come to you in just a moment just a minute they'll, they'll come to you but it's an opportunity for you to be able to come forward and say whatever that is for you that I'm sowing seeds into empowering more people, to giving out more Bibles, to serving others and to taking ground. In verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks the water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life.
Thanks, guys. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. <laughs> you promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> If I had to title my message today, it would be the response that Jesus gave to the woman who was culturally broken, who was shunned from her own society, who declared to Jesus, I am going to tell everyone, to which Jesus said, I'm counting on it. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I did. Verse 40, when they came out to see Him, they begged Him to stay in the village. So He stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear His message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe. Now our lives have been transformed. Now we understand, not just because of what you've told us, but because we have seen Jesus. Start of Vision Builders. I wrote on the front of my book, a question that I felt God was asking me. The question was simply this, what parts of the things you do now will echo in eternity. For me, it's about being part of the next chapter in order that we will see more communities of people make life-transforming decisions to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. As I close, the band is going to lead us in this song, Fresh Wind. encourage you to with your family by yourself whatever that is just say you know what what parts of what am I going to do now they're going to echo in eternity why because he's counting on it he can build his church himself but he gives us a privilege of doing it with him. As I finish, I want to leave these questions with you. 
What building will become our home in the Huon Valley? Who will walk through our doors right here in the years to come? Which of our kids will rise up and lead our youth teams next? What other locations, services or reach programs will we step out in faith to begin? Who of your family and friends will come to know Jesus as a result of us together sowing into his kingdom? Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.